Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. Our co-host, Carol Zernil, a nationally known gerontologist, is on special assignment this week, and we hope to have a chance to have her join us in the next couple of weeks as well. She and most of the senior management at WellMed Charitable Foundation and WellMed Medical Management are deeply involved in the company's response to the COVID-19 viral uh, pandemic that has swept across this country and the world. Uh, what they are trying to do is get together uh, efforts to feed seniors and others who are living now in food deserts and trying to uh, bring some dignity uh, into their lives as well as some nourishment. So we wish Carol well as she undertakes that responsibility. I'm delighted to welcome to our Caregiver SOS On Air Hotline, Adrian Glossman, who is a millennial caregiver based in uh, Miami, Florida, and we're delighted to have her on board. And Adrian, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. As I understand it, you became a caregiver uh, before most people ever think of becoming a caregiver. I did indeed. Uh, At 29 years old uh, was kind of what I like to call the turning point in realizing that my life was about to forever be changed um, in terms of stepping into my role as a caregiver pretty unexpectedly. And it was uh, a diagnosis that your mother had multiple system atrophy uh, that got you involved in caregiving? Uh, exactly. So I was living long distance in New York City, um, and my mom had been diagnosed with multiple system atrophy, which at first uh, seemed manageable um, from from a distance. Um, but then after uh, a series of events occurred, in particular one specific event where she had fallen and was um, knocked out unconscious for we don't even know how many hours, um, that was that was the pivotal turning point that something needed to change and I was going to have to step up in a much bigger way moving forward. Tell us about uh, multiple system atrophy. I'm not familiar with it and I've done the show for a lot of years. We don't hear a lot about it. So many people aren't familiar with it. Um, it is a rare neurogenerative disease. So actually my mom was initially diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and it wasn't until probably about five years ago Um, when she went to a new neurologist, actually a movement disorder specialist, that based on some other symptoms, he re-diagnosed as multiple system atrophy. So it's actually a combination of Parkinsonism. You see a lot of the same um, side effects of Parkinson's, but then it's also in combination with dysautonomia. Um, So it affects the, um, the nervous system in terms of uh, spikes and drops in blood pressure, urinary incontinence, um, and a plethora of other indications as well. That so was, it's definitely a multi-layered disease, um, and um, it's been interesting to navigate, to say the least. You tossed in another disease I wasn't aware of, synonymy? Um, it's called dysautonomia, which is the, um, the autonomic nervous system's inability to regulate. So basically it's when your autonomic nervous system right. starts to shut down. Um, so dysautonomia is the medical term for that. So here you are, uh, not a kid, but certainly young, 
uh, entering your 30s, a whole life to look forward to, uh, living in the Big Apple. Your mother needs you in Florida. You moved down. Uh, Were you aware of how many changes it would mean to you as well as your mother? So I I must say that long-distance caregiving, um, as many caregivers know, comes with its own set of um, challenges. Um, just not being able to be present all the time, um, kind of the anxiety when you can't get your loved one on the phone, trying to manage medications and doctor's appointments and all the parts and pieces from a distance. So it definitely has its own set of challenges. So while I was relieved to, after, and probably like 16, 17 years being away from my mom in combination with going off to college, while I was relieved to be able to be close by, it comes with a whole new set of challenges that I wasn't experiencing prior. And a big part of that is really taking a large chunk of your time um, to, to dedicate to this person, to show up for them, to, to be there for them and be able to, um, you know, help them on a daily basis. So that was just a huge awakening, trying to find the balance in not only career um, and trying to have some semblance of a social life, but now also throwing daily caregiving into the mix. So it was definitely, definitely an adjustment and a transition period um, and and a big awakening, definitely. By awakening, what is it you mean? Just more to the the challenges that that people are presented with, you know, in terms of caregiving. I I just don't think going into it, I figured, oh, I would be living down here. Um, You know, I would be seeing my mom more often. But I think the awakening part of it, too, is that um, especially my mom's disease, it's, it's neurodegenerative, degenerative. so there is no cure. So it just progressively gets worse. Um, and with every phase of the progression, things just get harder. Um, and I think that's what I'm speaking to in terms of an awakening, just kind of really taking a step back and understanding that this is kind of my new normal. Um, the uncertainty of, of each day is going to be my new normal. The understanding that as time goes by, it's just going to mean more hands-on time with my mom as she continues to progress. And that was kind of like the big awakening that, wow, okay, things are forever changed. And that's okay. It's just that I never anticipated them to be changed at this point in time. I always thought that it was something that would happen when I was, you know, in my 50s and 60s and even older. Um, but as a result, you know, it started in my late 20s and has continued into my 30s. So. I, I wanted to uh, jump on something you said uh, because we hear it over and over again. Uh, it, it was the line, well, that's okay. Was it really okay? <laughs> it's a double-edged uh, question. So it's interesting. When I first fell into caregiving, since I was still in my late 20s, I was still in that stage of life where I was trying to navigate What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing career-wise? I hadn't really fallen into a career path that really satisfied me. Um, So when I fell into caregiving, I really hit rock bottom because once the reality of what my new normal was going to be hit me, I came to this understanding at that point in time that, okay, so maybe caregiving is my purpose. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I must say that there was definitely a transition period, especially after leaving New York City, a city that I had lived in for over a decade, um, that completely made me into the person that I am today. I left an entire group of friends, a city that I had come to know and love, to move back to um, Florida, a state where I had grown up in and hadn't lived in almost 15, 16 years. So, no, it was not okay at first, but 
Conversely, I'm an only child of divorced parents. Um, I don't have any family nearby. And my mom and I are like best friends. And she stepped up and did everything that she could for me um, when I was younger to make sure that I had the best life. So in really taking a step back and letting go of any selfish tendencies that I had, I really needed to step up and recognize that this was not happening to me. It was happening for me. And now that about 11 years have passed in my caregiving journey, I truly understand and see that all this has happened for me. So I, now it's as hard as it is, you know, it is okay. I've gotten to that place, I guess you could say, but it is okay. I appreciate you not jumping on me for asking a tough question. I knew it was tough, but I was curious what your response would be and, and a very honest response. By the way, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Adrian Glussman is our very special guest from Florida. You may have read about her in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, incredible article. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. The call to care for aging parents comes sooner now. It's her story and talks as well about uh, what she's been done, doing, featured in Health Magazine and elsewhere, providing help for her mom, Hetty, uh, down there in Florida. Uh, well, the one good thing about being in Florida, although and I lived in New York for quite a few years. It's a wonderful city. you got a lot of New York refugees living in Florida as well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes, lots of them. So you feel a little bit of New York down here. As <laughs> Definitely. You, as you take a look at uh, millennials, uh, you being one, and others who are now maybe their mid-30s and their 40s, who, who have become caregivers much earlier, as you pointed out, than they ever thought would happen uh, what is it you can say to them, and how are you helping them? So, as I stated, I, I really have started stepping into recognizing that this whole caregiving journey is happening for me, not to me. Um, when I first became a caregiver, I, I didn't know where to turn. You know, it's what's interesting is I like to call it, I, I coined this term, I guess, coming out of the caregiver closet, especially when you're a millennial. Um, it's just something that you don't really want to talk about. You don't really know who to turn to because none of your friends or anyone that you know is going through a similar situation. Um, when you fall into caregiving as a millennial, everyone's talking about kind of these big milestones in life, dating, getting married, starting a family, buying a first home. And when none of those things are happening to you, you just feel so isolated and excluded. I really navigated everything when it came to kind of figuring out the twists and turns of caregiving in terms of taking over my mom's finances, starting to learn about long-term care insurance, um, senior living communities. I mean, you name it, um, I, I figured it out by the grace of Google. Um, <laughs> and it just doesn't really need to be that way. But what's super interesting is I, I stepped up and decided to start a platform on Instagram and Facebook called Journeyed Caregiver um, because I just really felt a need to share my raw, authentic story and my journey in caregiving. Um, everything I have seen in the media and just doing Google searches about caregiving resources, um, you know, it, it really trended towards um, a different generation of caregivers, um, the sandwich generation, um, the boomer generation. Nothing really specifically spoke to the millennial generation of caregivers. Um, and, and to me, that was an opportunity. Um, so kind of stepping into this platform and starting to connect with other millennial caregivers, it's, it's pretty incredible because for them, when they find me, 
it's almost like a weight has been taken off their shoulders because a lot of us as millennial caregivers find it very hard to believe that there's anyone out there our age that's going to do the same thing. But when you look at the statistics, there are over 10 million millennial caregivers out there. So it's, it's, it's a matter of where is everyone and how do we reach them to help them navigate this journey so that they don't have to do it alone, so that they feel like there are appropriate resources there for them. And most importantly is so that they can feel a connection. I like to call it a tribe, a family of people who are their age that can completely relate to what it is that they're going through. Um, and it's really just been a beautiful journey to just be able to reach one person, two people, um, just so they really know that they're not alone in this journey and there are people um, that they can reach out to and feel connected with. We're going to talk more with Adrian about millennial caregiving. Her Instagram address, at Journeyed Caregiver, and you can find her on Facebook at Journeyed Caregiver. You want to check it out. And if you are a millennial caregiver, uh, we hope the show gives you some information and, and some hope and maybe some ideas on how you can uh, be more effective both as a caregiver and protecting yourself. One of the things we'll talk to Adrian about as well, she mentioned that uh, the millennials that they generally run into aren't caregivers, don't know about caregiving. Probably the closest they come uh, is an aging grandma or mom or in some cases, dad, who is a caregiver. But that's an entirely different generation. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, you are listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer, I'm Ron Aaron. Our studios, where we record and broadcast this program, sit high above San Antonio International Airport. And we've got big, beautiful windows that overlook the airport and the runways. Ordinarily, as we would do a show, you would see plane after plane after plane coming into land. You'd see them taking off. I've been sitting here now for a little over an hour. Not a single airplane, if you want to see the impact of COVID-19, not a single airplane uh, that we have seen has come into the airport, and that gives you just a quick visual uh, on what that virus is doing. We're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Adrienne Glessman. She's down in Miami, Florida, uh, providing care for her mom. And one of the things, Adrienne, that I, I don't want to skip over, it's expensive to be a caregiver. Uh, you have to give up whatever full-time job you may have had in some cases, you don't have uh, any income coming in from the government. We don't pay caregivers. Uh, how have you managed to care for your mom? So I guess there are two sides to this question. Um, first and foremost, I mean, I must say amongst the emotional and physical um, strain of caregiving, there's definitely the financial strain. And, you know, I'm in a fortunate situation that when my mom 
um, back in her working days, decided to make the choice to invest in a long-term care policy, um, which we now have. And my mom actually lives in an assisted living facility um, because she does need, um, you know, a lot more one-on-one individualized attention, but also because as a result of having this long-term care insurance policy, a lifetime policy, might I add, um, we are able to um, to have her live here um, because that's a that's a six thousand plus dollar a month bill um, that we would never be able to afford otherwise. So um, you know, I must say, at least in terms of the financial strain of caregiving, um, my mom, unbeknownst to her, um, was able to set herself up in a good situation. So at least um, the burden of caregiving, the financial burden of caregiving. Um, really wouldn't all fall into my lap. Um, But conversely, in terms of just my own ability to bring in income for myself, um, yes, to your point, the reality of a caregiver in a nine-to-five corporate job is is just, it's a moot point. Um, Because if they are able to survive in a nine-to-five job, the level of stress and anxiety um, you know, probably slowly kills them inside on a daily basis. Um, a lot of caregivers have to go down to part-time work or just completely um, quit because of the demands of caregiving. And I know that was one of my biggest challenges when I first moved down here was trying to get off at 5 o'clock, battle South Florida traffic, you know, get to my mom. It's like by the time I got here, it was like her bedtime. I was stressed out from the traffic. It just wasn't sustainable doctor's appointments, we all know those don't run on time, having to take multiple hours out in the middle of a work day. So I made the decision that corporate life just wasn't the best move for me in general, um, but just wasn't allowing me to show up for my mom in the ways that I wanted. Um, So I took the leap into entrepreneurship and started my own online business management and virtual assistant agency, um, where I now am my own boss. Um, I work virtually. And um, I'm able to work flexible hours, which has been phenomenal um, in terms of being able to care for my mom. Um, my laptop is seeing the emergency room and hospital rooms more times than it would probably like to admit. Right. Um, but, it's, but it's definitely, while it's still a strain in terms of finding the balance, it's really allowed me to still have that sort of self-identity in terms of developing and building a business and being able to bring in income. Um, while also being able to really show up for my mom as much as I do, which is, which has truly been a blessing. So, so you have a concierge service of sorts? Uh, so I do project management um, and offer virtual assistant services for online-based entrepreneurs. Give me an example. I'm fascinated. Yeah. So um, as you might know, a lot of different companies are moving into the virtual space. So a lot of my clients are... Um, Coaches, like career coaches, business coaches, dating coaches, consultants, um, and they, they run their business online and everything is virtual. Um, they have clients, um, they meet with them via video, a video conferencing platform, and basically myself and my team, we manage the back end of their businesses. So we manage the operations aspect of it, the systems and the processes of their businesses. Um, if they do have other team members, we help manage those team members. And we also do project management in terms of pushing different projects through, working with different contractors um, to bring things to fruition, basically to take the entrepreneur out of the day-to-day of their business so that we can keep them sitting in their zone of genius, um, allowing the ability to create additional streams of revenue and show up more for their clients without getting bogged down in 
kind of the day-to-day back-end and admin of their business. That's a great term, zone of genius. I like that. Thank you. As you think about uh, how you've been able to carve out uh, that space for you uh, so that you, you can bring in some income, you can work, uh, and, and even more importantly, you get time away from just heady issues, dealing with the kind of challenges your mom is facing, uh, it, it's got to be a good thing for your psychic income as well. Yes, 100%. Um, it's definitely, you know, I, I always say to myself, you know, there's certain days when work is just so crazy and, and trying to find the balance of work and caregiving. And I think to myself, like, what am I thinking trying to scale a business when, you know, the reality of caregiving is that any given time, you know, the next shoe can drop. And, you know, you're packing up your stuff and you're headed to the emergency room because something happened. Um, and that's happened more times than I can count. Um, you know, but I really look at it as like, I need to build something that will be lasting because the reality is that my mom won't be here forever. And I don't want, you know, I pray 10, 15 years from now, I don't want to be left with this sense of what is my identity because I only was able to show up as a caregiver instead of trying to slowly um, push my goals and dreams forward at the same time. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's definitely, definitely challenging. Um, but I think it's important because a lot of us as caregivers, it's really hard, especially people that are living 24 hour caregivers. Um, it's really hard for them to get time away, but you know, even if we can take a little time for ourselves to, to really bring into the picture, those goals and dreams that we, that we have and that we've always had. And even if there's little things every day that we can do to try to keep that goal or dream alive so that post caregiving, we aren't left with nothing. Were you always a techie kind of person? Um, not really. I kind of have a team for the tech part of it. I provide more of the strategy. Um, I've always worked in, in kind of project management type roles, um, you know, leading a team, um, setting up systems and processes. Um, so I really like looking at the bigger picture and helping strategize. Well, that's cool. And fortunately, I've been able to grow to, you know, hire a virtual assistant who works with me, who is definitely more the techie aspect of her zone of genius. Now, your virtual assistant is a real person. A real person, yes, okay. but that lives, you know, I'm in Miami. She lives in Minneapolis. Doesn't so matter where she lives. Exactly, but it's, it's going to be the new norm, you know, especially in the midst of, of the pandemic. You know, I truly believe that so many businesses are going to be moving to more of a virtual platform. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm a little bit ahead of the game in all this. Well, I think you probably are, and I think folks uh, who who are aware of what you can do who suddenly— I've got a good friend who's a lawyer here in San Antonio. Suddenly, Mm -hmm. her entire business now is run off her laptop in her home. uh, Right. And it's a big, big change for her to do Mm -hmm. Zoom meetings and, uh, you know, Google meetings. It's all new for her. Exactly. But you're the expert. Slowly but surely. I like I think that. I, I think I fell into the right into the right industry, and I think there's definitely going to be more of a demand for um, online virtual support in the form of online business and project managers and virtual assistants than there ever has been. So, well, let's bring you back. I, I, I am sure. easily distracted and run down a rabbit hole as we were doing because <laughs> your business is fascinating. But when it comes to your mom, it's a degenerative uh, disease, and and she's had it for a while now. How is she doing? So she's doing, you know, it's like a loaded question um, because I'll have friends and family. How's mom doing? So she's she's doing well for where she is. Um, You know, there's definitely been noticeable progression 
Um, but with each progression, we just kind of make shifts to, um, you know, the processes and, and systems, I like to say, that we put in place for her. And we just shift kind of along with, with her changes. But, you know, she's, she's doing as good as she can be. She's definitely um, a fighter and, um, you know, doing the best that she can. Um, you know, she is she's primarily wheelchair-bound, um, but, you know, she, she still has her long-term memory. Um, she can still eat on her own, definitely can still do certain things on her own. So we celebrate the wins. Um, and we just take it one step at a time because um, as a caregiver, it's really hard to kind of think any further, even past the right. next hour. Right. Um, so. Now, for folks who want to get a hold of you uh, with the Facebook page, uh, Journey to Caregiver, be a way to do that? Yes, um, Journey to Caregiver on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you should be able to find me, and um, I'd love for you to follow my journey, and I'd love to hear directly from you because definitely as a caregiver, like I said before, it's all about building a tribe of people who can empathize and right. truly understand what you've been through and what you're going through. I want to thank you for coming on. You've been a delight to talk to, and I'm sure for a lot of millennials and others who are a caregiver, you give them a lot of hope. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, Adrian. Bye-bye. You too. From Miami, Florida, Adrian Glissman, who really interesting story. Delighted she had a chance to come on with us. I'm Ron Aaron. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer, and we will talk with you soon. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.